0: Nice, you're your own sound engineer.
1: Yeah. All right, well, greetings, everyone. You're listening to KYRS, Medical Expo Can, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Art Hour, and I'm one of your hosts, Mike Malsom. And I'm your other host, Eric Woodard. Eric, where are we at today? This is Ponderosa Bar and Grill. Yeah, out in the valley uh, right next to the Dishman Micah Road, which is very busy, so this will be uh, an interesting <laughs> venture. But this is our first foray into an outside pre-winter interview. We're trying. We're sitting next to this tower heater uh, out by ourselves in this patio, so we're going to see how it goes. Yep, and it's going to yeah, get colder, no, so we, we got to figure out, out a spot. God yep, so. Oh. Anyway, Not our literally. guest today, Eric, is actually <laughs> More like uh, someone version. we both have in <laughs> yeah, the yeah, version, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Clark <laughs> yeah. High
0: School. Uh, so thanks for coming. Thanks uh, for uh, agreeing now. to meet us here. This was kind of a last-minute uh, deal, but well, one yeah, of the things I we were thinking is, is you've I got so many things, so hands, many cool uh, creative, things coming up uh, this uh, week, this month, this fall. And the first thing I want to talk about, it's actually gotten a lot of good press lately in Spokesman, Inlander, all these places, is a music series you have going at the Baby Bar, right? Yes. Needle Burrito Baby Bar. Yeah. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so uh, Nido Burrito and Baby Bar have been closed ever since the shutdown uh, started, and uh, I mean, just they, Patty and Tim are really the owners. Patty Tully and Tim Lanigan are they, they just are really they want to they want to make sure that everyone's safe through this, and want to make sure that uh, it's. I guess, with their capacity and what you know, how small that restaurant is and everything, it's it's not really like they could be making a whole lot of money off of uh, being open right now <laughs> and unlike other restaurants, they can't they can't really survive off of that, so they're just we we wanted to take advantage of them being closed and bring us back a sort of musical show that baby bar was so good at hosting all the time i mean you you you're you're pretty much like with their reputation you can walk in on any given night and more often than not you've got a killer band that's playing for. Anywhere you know between five and fifteen dollars, and it's it's just kind of the reputation that they they have, and we, with seeing all these big uh, venues uh, across the country doing this live streaming deal, we, my friend Luis Mota and I, kind of thought, why don't we do our own thing? And so here we are. Uh, I think we're on our, we're coming up on our fourth show, uh, since last month when we started, and it's been awesome, the, it's been great seeing all the press and, uh, all, seeing all the ticket sales and seeing people excited to, I don't know, watch a personal live show, uh, in Spokane or wherever they, w- the other day we had someone that was watching, uh, deep, uh, dead serious livers on a plane, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which was right pretty on. cool. <laughs> 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 yeah. Never heard of that before, yeah. but they, they're commenting on the feed as the show is going on. They're like, I'm, I'm on a plane right now.
0: Oh, that's cool. Jeez. So so, yeah. so tell us. So they just log into this site.
2: Yeah. So if you have an internet browser, you can go. Uh, you you search veeps.com, veeps. com. That's v e e p s. And uh, Nido Burrito Baby Bar has a, its own page, so it's uh, you can you can follow Nido Burrito's Instagram uh, to keep up and see upcoming shows, and we we provide the link on every poster that we put on our page, so you just follow the, the link to Veeps, and then you purchase a ticket, and as long as you have an internet browser, you can watch it on whatever device you have, so what... If you want to watch it on your phone, you can just search it on the internet, you can watch it on a tablet, you can watch it on a computer. Um, if you have... Some sort of like smart TV or a gaming system that has an internet browser in it. You can watch it on your TV. You just gotta, any way that you can search the internet, you can you'll be able to stream it. So even
0: as I'm thinking about this, so you're mentioning there's gonna be a, a, a comment feed going down the side, mm-hmm. right? Um, all right? So what is this? What is this gonna look like? I'm just trying to imagine. So I mean. I'm just trying to think. As a musician, do is there banter with the with the people who are <laughs> commenting? I mean, what is? Oh, I, I guess because you're not you're. It's not just a live show that you're putting a camera on and letting yeah. people roll. So, what are you adding to it that makes it kind of interesting?
2: Um, I, I, I guess with the it's kind of interesting. So, basically, how the ticket works is if you if if you. Purchase it and start watching it when we go live. Uh, you'll be included with that conversation. You'll be seeing everything right when we go live. Uh, but if not, you can. I think it takes about an hour afterwards, and then you can re-watch it for as many times as you want. Twenty-four hours after we go live, um, but yeah, during that that hour when it's happening, uh, there are there have been like very interesting. Conversations that take place during the the stream, and we'll Luis and I will kind of like glance over at the computer screen every once in a while. And this uh, about two shows ago, yeah, it was two shows ago. Ryan Dean Tucker did a set, and he had his own phone linked up to it and was checking in on the feed and kind of riffing off of
1: oh. the show. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! With yeah. it, which was
2: it was great. Yeah, but it's a uh, yeah, it's kind of. I mean, we don't really have a system for. Dealing with that banter uh, You know it kind of changes with per show I mean if we have a like, If Ryan wants to riff on that stuff It's cool for him to be able to do that But really what we want to do Is just let the band have this moment And don't I, We just don't want to touch it For mm-hmm. that much time We just like With Instagram and Facebook I mean they, they As of the 10th of October They are saying uh, that there will be pe- people will be fined for so-called musical experiences by posting live musical experiences like there, there's, there's mm-hmm. gonna be like a serious fine for those sort of streams and they are it, it's just completely taking away this voice that bands and just any sort of music or art has right now. So, what we what we liked about Veeps is, I mean, we can really do whatever we want, and these this money is going to all these acts that are that are coming through, and it's actually a pretty good way for them to make money in a night. I mean, uh, you know, you think about if if there's a show in town and they and you pay a door, it's a lot, I feel like a lot of the time the incentive is like. Oh, I'm here right now, I'm going to pay the door, you know. Whereas with this, it's this one-night kind of big deal thing for this one band, and people purchase their tickets whenever, and then they can watch it 20, within 24 hours of that time. So it's actually a really good way for these artists to make some money in one night. And uh, we just wanted to give that voice to the artists that... Facebook and Instagram work so hard to pro- prohibit <laughs> because of. I mean, it, it makes sense. There's just there's so many things on the internet, and it's uh, they they can't keep track of it all. But it's still like, uh, right now it's it's it, it's not it's not good timing with the virus and everything right now. I mean, I just I there's been too much, uh, too, the information is all, it's pretty much all bad news right now. (laughs) 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 And it's, it's hard for people to stay positive and stay motivated. And it's hard for, for anyone to feel inspired to do anything. And I think that, just seeing that there's an outlet for some bands if they haven't played a show in a while or if there's a comedy act that hasn't done a show in a while it's like it's something for them to schedule their day around. Whether even if you're if you're watching it, I mean you you're scheduling your day around this live show and you have to get up and do it and you have to watch the show. And I I like introducing that schedule back into people's well, lives because sure, it's sure. like
1: so uh, um, so it's interesting you say that because. Uh, Christy and I uh, um, paid for the series that they're showing at the Lucky You. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they started off with Jenny Ann Man and, and Trago as the two bands. So <clears throat> I don't know how well you know my wife, but she... she decorated our basement up like the vip lounge of the lucky you <laughs> oh. and so we had a table about wow. like this and i had my ipa and we had you know she's got nice. the vip posters the lucky yeah. you you know fingers up there but i was really impressed actually because i was really curious to see number one how the sound would come out yeah because we had studio kind of monitors just so that was really cool to see that on there but just to see if you could capture any of the vibe remotely of being there because it's not live yeah. but yet you're trying to achieve some sort of mm-hmm. vibe that makes us, yeah, I'll do this again. This is kind of an interesting and I was really quite quite impressed with how that came out. Are you yeah. getting some feedback like that as well?
2: Yeah, I mean uh if you're looking at I mean the the comparison between us and Lucky You, uh we're it's a very different show. I mean, we are uh, a lot of like I I, uh, lucky you is, more of a, it, a, a, a kind of a, I mean it is a big, bigger production. They have got a great camera crew working there, and they've got, a, just really nice sounding room and everything, and, and it, and they I think I believe they pre record it and then like stitch yeah. it together as the show goes yeah. on. Whereas, what we do is we just have two cameras that we just bought for this show, and we don't know how to work them really well. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, well, Louis, it works cameras. I don't know how to work them. Well, I'm not, I, but it's, we're learning as we go, mm-hmm. and it's more of just putting a camera in front of a band again, and it is, it is live every time. It's just whatever happens, happens, and we don't tell them they have to do any like I don't know. It's there's no nor no sort of script or anything. It's just they they get on. We give them their they they can talk as much or as little as they want, and we just turn it off after their yeah. show. And that's kind of so, that's kind of it.
1: Talking to my son Chris, um, I, he, he had want, he had seen some of the uh, Baby Bar live shows. I said, well, what was that like and everything? But he said the one interesting thing about that which is unique about the Baby Bar, whether if you're standing in front of the band, a lot of times you're standing on the side, you know, as you're coming yeah. down there. Yeah, And he says, when the camera shifts, it's, it, it's yeah, it sounds like you're standing on the side. <laughs> and so you are getting the kind of the feel of the Baby Bar, which is unique, which makes... That's the charm of going yeah. to shows there.
2: That was actually kind of an unfortunate technical issue that we addressed pretty early on, but we didn't find out until after we recorded the first show. But, uh, but yeah, you did kind of have that scene, I guess. You're like, oh, it kind of sounds like crap when I stand on the side. It's this, that's that's what it sounds like when I'm at the baby bar. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that moment it did have that. Or I guess, like, I, I don't know how yeah. it sounded, but uh, it... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we we, we do want to capture the essence of what baby bar is and just kind of, I don't know, making it happen yeah. and letting bands just letting bands and comedy acts just do their thing and I don't
0: know. Well, and I, I can't remember if it was Mike and I was, that were having a conversation with somebody else. But it's interesting because I think, okay, w- clearly we're doing this because we have to. when mm-hmm. this isn't yeah. optimal. But, yeah. the, but then the question I have or the question we have had is, do you see this being a thing that maybe continues even after the shutdown happens? Because, I mean... One of the things is, is you know, a lot of people can't stay out till midnight to watch a show or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, as you're dealing with the technical issues and you're getting those figured out, do you see this as something that might actually survive this shutdown?
2: Absolutely. I think it. I think it definitely will because, uh, I mean, there are people are able to get kind of the best seat in the house at home by buying the same ticket and they can, I don't know, get takeout somewhere and then bring it home <laughs> and watch watch a show live and they can watch it wherever they want and it's it's totally awesome if those people can do that because you are still supporting the bands through the service that we're using. I mean, the band is still, that's just I mean, it surpasses the capacity of whatever venue they're playing. I mean, you know, you can have... Right. You can have these bands playing at however, like Nito Burrito, and still sell over a hundred tickets, even though that room only fits seventy people. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's actually a really good. I think it's a it's it's kind of crazy that it took us until now to realize that this is so beneficial to bands. But I I think in the future it's definitely going to be. It's still going to be a thing.
0: Well, and the added question is, how do the bands feel about playing to an empty room?
2: That is definitely a weird thing. I mean, everyone has agreed. It's yeah. Every single person that's not on the show has. <laughs> I mean, because it's just Luis and I in there when we're setting up. We we we're like, we're, and I mean, we don't like we don't want anyone hanging out. You know, with everything going on, it's very. I don't know. Everyone's scared right now, and we're just trying to keep it safe and sanitary and it's so bizarre for them and that and they it seems like a lot of people are getting more nervous than they would yeah. be, like before they would play in front of a live audience mm-hmm. i think that's and true and i think a, an interesting part of it is as soon as the countdown happens and as soon as like we, we are we push the button to go live you're going from nothing having no one there to however many people bought tickets you're going to be in front of them right at that moment and you don't know how many people are going to be there and you don't get an immediate response from your audience so you can't tell if you're playing well or not because of how loud or quiet the you know the reaction is and uh I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's so much different than, especially at Nito, where it's you know there's not like a green room where the band goes and hangs <laughs> out. Like when you show up, you're setting up in front. Uh, you're you're setting up in front of all these people and you see the audience build up and then you know as you're plugging your stuff in, you're like
1: oh hey how's it going <laughs> right, energy's like, rising yeah yeah,
2: yeah. And it's kind of exciting and then like whenever it's time to go on you just kind of walk over there like okay I guess we'll play and then you start playing and people freak out you know and that's what's so cool about playing there
0: and you know they've been drinking so if you miss yeah. a chord oh, who cares yeah. everybody's yeah. like yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah
2: and it's not really I mean it's 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 not you know it's you're you're not really it's not the best sounding place when you're playing those live shows so it's not i mean i i'm running sound and i i put mics on everything and i make it look i make it sound as best as i can it's kind of more like a recording situation mm-hmm. because i mean there there's mm-hmm. no immediately immediate reaction or anything uh but i will say that one thing that i really like about this that uh I have just recently been kind of annoyed of whenever I go and see, I don't know, bigger name acts, like, at a, at a concert hall or something, like, um, is the, uh, the people out there who make unnecessary noise between... <laughs> like quiet moments yeah and this has completely you mean like during a song yes Yes. yeah yeah And this is completely taking those people out of the picture, and it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I know. I really like it. I I like it. I like that there's not some person in the background just yeah, we love (laughs) you, yeah, Yeah. or just just making complete unnecessary noise whenever something happens. It's like it's guitar solo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that, that part's true, you know. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, just like singer-songwriters where you're really trying to hear some great songs that have great lyrics, and, it, it, you know, the song requires a listening audience. It's... that part is really nice. I mean, the artist yeah. can really get up and just perform. Well, you
2: know. and they can get really quiet, which can be really emotional sometimes, you know. It the, the... like the... just being able to really hear the dynamic of the show is is just it's so unique and you you're really not able to experience that with uh a bigger artist when they're like uh, for example i just watched perfume genius on the same site veeps uh they were playing at um this beautiful theater in la and can't remember the name of it but uh it I mean, with that artist, you would have had those people between every Mm -hmm. single song Mm -hmm. or between every single quiet moment, and it was really, really awesome just to watch it and see the band. I mean, it's like Live at Pompeii. It's like everyone's getting their own Live at Pompeii, you know, this just, this movie, this beautiful movie. I mean, depending on, you know, what show you're watching, it's just, it's really cool. I don't know, and... I I like that part of it. I like the the contrast that, that has compared to, um, I don't know, people that are just kind of trying to have their moment to be heard in the audience for no reason when the band right, is up on right, stage. Yeah, you right. know? We
0: love you! Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> You're listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM.
1: Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com.
0: You're invited to cruise Americana Avenue with me, Jim Tate, in your car or at the office. Each Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m., you'll hear the best and progressive American Roots music in a multitude of styles. It's Americana Avenue on your radio station, KYRS. Art Hour relies on support from listeners like you. Just $3 a month helps keep KYRS going strong, and you can help by texting KYRS" to 44321. That's all one word, KYRS" to 44321.
1: Art Hour receives support from Saga, the Spokane Arts Grant Award. Information online at spokanearts.org.
0: So, um, how
2: many more shows
0: do you have coming up, or do you plan to just keep doing this as long as you can?
2: We're trying to do it as yeah. I think um, shows that we're setting aside. We're we are filming specifically a live streaming show um, right now. We've got through December. We've got we got we are booking shows, um, and we we have a lot coming up uh, this weekend. Or we have uh, on let's see is it the the 23rd is that this friday yeah this friday is the 23rd yep we've got uh Malonga playing on the 23rd we have fun ladies playing on the 24th um and then baloney is pay- playing next uh the week after that on the 30th and then we have portable morla playing the week after that i believe um we've got other bands like uh we got mama llama who uh if you're not familiar, it's a members of Runway Octopus and uh, Marina Obscura, and um, we have uh, Eliza Catastrophe playing. Uh, Matthew is putting on a show um, from Atari Ferrari, and uh, oh. yeah, we've got we got a handful more. We'll be updating out. Are on these the tickets Instagram that you can page.
1: buy for each show, or you do you, do you have a can you buy a, a a block of tickets? You know, like for
2: yeah. Uh, no, these are all just individual sale yeah. tickets. Um, it's yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're all per show, yeah. and that's kind of what we're trying to do with Baby Bar is also to keep the the sure. frequency up a little bit more and just giving someone to do some someone something to do on any given weeknight. We're not really shooting for a specific day of the week. So,
1: uh, how much uh, how many tickets do you feel like you kind of need to? S- sell so that at least you can pay the musicians and pay the sound guy and pay the, the, the camera people to do the
2: so thing. So right now we are just giving 100% of our sales to the bands right now. Mm-hmm. We're just doing all of our ticket sales are going to the bands and uh, that's that's what we're focusing on right now is just getting bands to have this incentive to mm-hmm. get their stuff together and practice and i mean you know as long as they feel like it's safe to do so it's like they they should be playing music someone should be playing music mm-hmm. and people should be listening mm-hmm. um and that's that's really all we're focusing on right now um
1: yeah and have you recorded your um the lay yet have you done your
2: uh no we we haven't no we we're Oh, you don't pre-record? you do No, this we li- do it live. I, yeah, yes, so we will be going you. live yeah. in a week and a half. And yeah. half yeah,
0: yeah. Well, speaking of Balonly, you got a song that got released today. Today's the 20th. Uh,
2: no, uh, it's, it's uh, this Friday, actually. Yeah, so... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I I think we were just talking about this earlier. It's <laughs> like I have we have all these different releases coming out, and it's getting kind of out of hand but we have we have a single coming out this Friday it's uh the 23rd um and it's our second single of three that w- maybe four we might throw a four I, th- I think we're gonna throw four in there um uh that are gonna be coming on our upcoming album uh and yeah it's called It's Gonna Get Ya and uh our one the one that we previously released is called if all of my friends were dead and yeah so we're really excited about it
0: Now, are these just a single at a time, or do you have a whole record that this is kind of leading up to, or how is this working?
2: Yeah, we've got. um, We have a whole record that we have tracked right now.
0: Wow, thanks. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was really sweet. (laughs) I
2: know. (laughs) Yeah, we've got. we, We have a whole record tracked. Um, and we're still polishing it up, and we'll be sending it off to mastering pretty soon. And but yeah, that's a we're we're really excited about it. Um, we kind of had a different process than the last one. We just set everything up in the since we had so much time with no shows coming up or anything. We just every week we would instead of practicing, we would just have all of our mics and everything set up. And we just left everything set up for like months and every week would work on one song at a time and just really polish it and then hit record when we felt good about it and it was a really awesome way to work on Well
0: and in a way isn't it nice to not have gigs to plan for because you gotta rehearse and you gotta tear down your equipment. But when you've got that period where you can just have all your stuff set Mm -hmm. up the whole time.
2: Yeah, it it felt like we were pros. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Like, oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna work on the album for a few months you know it's it's not like uh you know yeah whereas i mean our last record we pretty much recorded everything in three days oh my gosh so it was really stressful compared to that was very stressful compared to this last experience where we would just show up and be like i'm not really feeling it today you know (laughs) let's just play around or something like so that. So what do
1: you enjoy most about the whole process of that? That because was a question
0: <laughs> I was going to ask. Good job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you're uh, you write great songs, but you also have a a sound that you seem to own um, as well as, you know, your your band has great chemistry, but you're also an audio person on top of that. Yeah. So you have a, a lot of a lot in the the process. What what do you enjoy the most?
2: Um I really I like when the when the song first comes together and I like adding on the weird things after that uh, and and like like when when I first introduce the song to the band we first start making it sound good and then we get to tracking that's always a really exciting moment and then um, also adding all the weird sort of overdubs and other things like that I, I really like getting experimental in the studio especially because I've just got a bunch of really weird stuff like synthesizers and stuff lying around and I, I live with Cody the drummer so he's always got all these weird drums and percussion things lying around so I, I love taking the time to make some really interesting sounds with all of that equipment um, I, while I do like mixing in general that is probably my least favorite part uh, when it comes to our own music is because I start losing my mind a little bit just listening to the same thing over and over wow. again and if I have any sort of, I don't know, preconceived thoughts of what I wanted this record to sound like or this song it's really hard to just sit down and actually mix my own thing because it's so... it's. I, I, I don't know. It's it's just... It's kind of hard to find a point of reference, I guess, when you have so many moving parts.
0: And it's incremental. It's like... Yeah, You just yeah. want to bring this up a tiny, tiny little bit. And it feels yeah. like you're not really getting anywhere. It's exactly, yeah. It's just this yeah. process that feels endless. Totally,
2: yeah. You can mess with it all you want. And, yeah. And when, when I'm working on other people's things, I feel like it's so much faster. And I can... Because I know how how they sound And I make them sound the way they sound And I don't have any Whereas when I'm making music I'm always progressing I'm like changing all the time I'm changing the way I write music I'm changing the, the way I play my instrument I'm always trying to get better At making music And Or be happier with my songs Or whatever And it's just not I'm I guess I'm I'm thinking of mixing the same way which is kind of a hard I don't know it doesn't really work super well together but when I get a good mix it sounds it's like really really fun and I love it and I, I do kind of like making it sound nice And but recently we just started working with a mastering engineer and that might be one of the most relieving things ever is just being able to email the files to him he, he lives in uh, he lives in I think it's I can't remember where in New Jersey, but his name's Dan Randall. He's at Mammoth Sound Mastering, and he's great. And it feels so good to just email and know that in two weeks I'm going to get something that sounds awesome and not have to worry about
0: now, what it. Now, what does it mean when he masters it? What does that mean?
2: So he pretty much just takes uh, the, the... It's kind of like the... So when I make a mix, I make it sound you know, very dynamic, and it, it's... It, like the quiet parts get really quiet and the loud parts get really loud, but when you're listening on a phone microphone or you're listening at home or like if say you were gonna put on a vinyl record, you need someone to kind of compress it and make it so it sounds good everywhere rather than just in your studio. So that's what that's what the, he does, and I just don't really have the equipment to do that. It, it's a lot of money um, in order to have kind of a a place where you can listen to with new ears and or just know sort of, you know what's the word? No no colors of your room and I, I don't know, it's a it's good to have someone else listening basically mm-hmm, sure. in a different environment.
0: Well and I mean as we're talking about recording, I mean you've you've gotten a degree in recording and you've done a lot of that stuff. So um, I I mean I guess the the question I have in that is is that something that you see yourself kind of doing for? for a living because I know you're doing audiobooks right now you're editing audio books um but then it's kind of part of the question too is you've been Walker you've been Jan Francisco you've been Belonly, mm-hmm. so you've got really two completely separate sides you've got kind of the business the craft version yeah. of, of recording yeah. and then you've got the artistic version where do you see yourself mm-hmm. moving
1: forward
2: yeah that's a that's a, kind of been something recently that I've been having I don't know uh lot i've been thinking about that a lot recently i mean it's like i i don't know i'm i'm about a year out of school and i i think that really what i took from that is it 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 taught me so much about knowing sound it taught me so much about knowing why things happen why sound things happen and the physics behind it and why things work and it has made me um a much better musician because i can understand what it is i'm doing and and also in terms of like production and recording i understand cuz i've always been a musician it's always been like i have to play music i mean i can't i i i it's 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 what i do instead of watching tv most times i just i i i just need to sit on my own and play piano or guitar or anything for a second and I've kind of decided that what I want to do is kind of have that producer's hat where I I want to offer up the the creative and interesting fun ideas and then I want to be able to lead people in the right direction to help them make those sounds. I don't I don't really want to be a technical guy all the time. I mean, it's just it's it's great to be doing Audio work, and I, I really like doing it. I mean, it's it, but I find that I have a really hard time actually putting any effort into it if it's not something that like I'm that I'm having a creative part in. It's uh, it's just kind of something I feel like, like I need to offer papers? up to the table <laughs> So I guess to answer your question, I I'm I'm very glad that I did the technical side mm-hmm. of it. And it's taught me so much, and it's definitely progressed me. But I don't ever want to leave music behind. Right. Well,
0: even yeah. as you're talking about the technical side, is that something that you could make a living doing if you if you pursued that? Because I don't even know what the economics of that thing, what those things are. I mean, I know that being a you know a songwriter for Baloney or Atari Ferrari or whatever is that's not going to pay the bills. But is the stuff that you've trained for is that something that you could use to pay the bills?
2: I mean. It's, it, it, I'm, I'm definitely working on that right now. And it, it, that business and that industry, it's, I mean, it's constantly up and down. You've got good days, you got bad days. I mean, sometimes stuff comes in the door and sometimes you're out looking for jobs and you, it's just really hard to find because you're, you're waiting for this, for someone to be like, oh, I need, I need a sound engineer, you know, <laughs> and that just doesn't happen like every day. It's not a consistent thing really depending on where you are like I just recently did work with the Spokane Youth Symphony and did a project where every student recorded on their cell phone at home and they needed someone to mix it and it worked perfectly and I just did I was in contact with them and I happened to be the best fit for what they were looking for and we just made it happen and it was one of my favorite projects ever but that kind of stuff just is not that, I mean, Spokane Youth Symphony cannot afford to be working on that stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's it it that's the kind of thing I just I just keep my eye, my ear open and I say yes. I really, that's like how I pay the bills is just
1: maybe the utility bill or maybe yeah. <laughs> the the the, the, month, the Sunday paper or something like that. Yeah, but I <laughs> I
2: I, I, but, I yeah. just I I don't know. I I I like living that way and mm-hmm. not really knowing exactly how I'm going to be working, you know and, I mean, I I mixed a, a symphony and I never would have seen my, seen me especially with that specific project I mean, all these kids recorded on their iPhones, I mean, it was weird it was it was a hard project for them to to, to like, wrap my head around and I just it sounded like a nightmare, but I don't know, it's just kind of what you gotta do is mm-hmm try those new things and that's
1: but it sounds like you know with eric's question again it sounds like music is always going to be uh the create the creative process with your music is going to always be the common thread if something had to go everything else would go that'd be the last man standing so to speak
2: yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's i don't know it's (laughs) i i just i i will spend so much more of my free time working on I mean, I I lose sleep working on sounds, and I, I like I like last night I stayed up till one in the morning working on this synth patch, and I I looked at the time and I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> you know, but it just goes to show that I, it's something that I'm willing to, I don't know, I'm I'm willing to to go the distance on, and I wouldn't do the same thing for, I mean. For mixing music that I didn't think sounded good, you right, know. Right. <laughs> so, Have you always been that way? Uh, I mean, like losing like sleep no, <laughs>
1: over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First grade, you know, of, you know, getting ready for school the next day, you're up, you know. No, but I mean, when did you just go? You know, I need. I just am fe- infatuated with music. Uh, uh. That's what you I, would rather It was rather pretty...
2: Be. I mean, pretty early on. Yeah. It was... Yeah. I think when I was in... Middle school is when I first... Uh, I got my first four-track recorder, and that was, like... That really kicked everything off. I start... I was... I was spending all my money on music equipment through high school, and I just wouldn't hang out with friends, really, or anything. I would just stay in my room with my recording equipment uh, for... Well, it must have been, I don't know how old I was. Uh, nine or ten years ago is probably when that first started mm-hmm. happening. And ever since, I, I don't know, I just was fortunate to, fortunate enough to like figure that out, I guess. And I, I really like picking up instruments and just playing them. So it was kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of obvious. And it's just what, for me, it was obvious. So I just, I don't know, I kept...
1: kept just had that, there was no uh, particular... Artist or artists uh, in general that inspired you, or you saw, and you go, "God, I'd, something maybe I'd like to try." But you,
2: yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I one one of my, I I guess one of my, uh, and it continues to be one of my really big inspirations uh, in contemporary music is the band Animal Collective. With their, it, they they inspired me from an early age, and I mean, of course, I've had. Like, I get inspired by pretty much everything I listen to. I, I try to find inspiration in it. But uh, they're a good example of, like, someone that I look up to and I've looked up to since an early age, and someone who is in, in control of how famous they are, um, still writes music that is from the future and still takes me, like, five years to, like, catch up to. <laughs> And they are always doing things, uh, for the benefit of the earth. I mean, when it, when it comes to like what they do with their wealth and their money and then the way that they promote certain things. And I don't know. And I've been to a few of their shows and they're the opening acts that they always have are really great. They're, they're just, that's kind of that was a band that was initially for me I was like wow this is great and I, I can do this I don't know I can they're, they're a good image of like what I wanted I wanted to do since an early age I guess
0: well, and you're still in a band with your mom, mm-hmm. and she was in a band when you were... Uh, that's true, yeah. So to what extent did your parents, being in a band, kind yeah. of influence you to say, that's something I wanted to do?
2: Yeah, that was that was also, I mean, a, a big part of it, because they, once they started getting into music, which was probably around the same time when I started really getting into it, was seeing that it was possible for them to, like, go out and play a show. And seeing that there were the connections there for them to at least, like, you know, make a show happen and just play music. And um, it was really nice always having music equipment around the house from that. That was a huge... I I, I don't know. That was a... That was a great... a, A great environment for me to be in to be able to always have... Some certain pieces of equipment to mess around with or understand and learn on.
1: So uh, <laughs> as you're talking, uh, when we had our show on the proudest moments, where we'd have a, a six or seven people that you know send in a, a little ten minute bit on that. You you sent one in. Yeah. And what struck me is well a couple of things struck me funny about that, but. So you, you were playing, I believe, in Moscow or mm-hmm. Lewiston or Moscow, someplace.
2: Yeah, it was One Moscow. of those two
1: places, and you were maybe high school still. Yeah. And, you know, your mom's sitting there. So two things struck me funny. One, you know, would you like a beer? <laughs> <laughs> but two was you made a statement about there was something about being in control or that, that sense of power once you're on stage. Versus maybe your normal personality off the stage that yeah. really you found, I, yeah, I can I can do this.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think that because that was one of the one of the first shows that I had done. But the very first show I did, I remember feeling extremely nervous before going on. I mean, of course, it was it was like I I have always been a very I mean when it comes to ta- interactions, public interactions, I'm I'm just not that good at knowing what to do you know I mean I just have a hard time talking with people and it's just something I'm not very good at but as soon as I get behind a microphone and have some speakers and just am given the opportunity to entertain people it's kind of like a no-brainer for me and I don't know I don't know why but it's just kind of how it's always worked and that's it was like I knew it. so once the the very first time I got on the stage I was like oh, yeah, well, I, this is going to be great, you know, next time I, I want to do another show, like, and so, I don't know. It's, a uh...
1: Yeah, well, I know somebody else that's very much like that. I just, you know, thinking of my own son, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we had to make him read the newspaper just to see if he could talk. <laughs> I mean, that's really, and that, that's a true story, but he's the same way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally different person once he gets up, Yeah. Mike the mic or whatever.
2: Yeah, it's, I, I guess, I don't know, it's just, uh... I, it's a it's an easier language for me to, to speak, I guess, yeah. uh, just because I, I'm con- I'm always listening to music and I'm always watching like live shows and all these things. I'm just constantly I I can't go a moment without like listening to music or playing music. So it's just I've been learning the language and speaking the language in my own time for. So long And it's just What I like to do So I just I don't know I can't I can't stop doing it Because it's like It's my favorite thing In the world Well
0: and even then You were talking about Lee and all the songs You've been writing And recording and all that And you mentioned that You've been doing A side project mm-hmm. uh, And it's called Death Lines Is yes, that what it's called? Yes yeah, yeah tell us one about word.
2: that So uh, basically What Death Lines uh, First started off as Was about two or three years ago Adam Smith from The uh, from Pitt and outer course, he uh, had this idea where we would all write one track and just have that be the whoever was involved in the project. We it would be kind of this collaborative thing. No matter who you are, you you just you submit you submit one track to a Dropbox, and then everyone pulls the files from it, and you go down the line. So. Say so if uh, if Joe started a song, then and Bob was before it, then Bob would record over Joe's first track, and so on, and it would keep going on. So we had seven people. It was all the members of Pit. Um, it was Adam Smith, Alex Smith, Ben Jennings, Carter Bastian, um, and uh, Jason Cross, Sam Bolt, and. We all submitted one track initially, so we had seven songs total, and we all went down the line, so after seven deadlines, of, we had a three-day interval to record our next track over it, and after those seven... <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> well... This is where we're at. Yes. <laughs> so after
0: seven deadlines, that wasn't a pun, right? For no, death lines? yeah, deadlines.
2: Like we, that was kind of the idea of the of the show. Initially, was we had three uh, three days to add another track to mm. the last person's show. There were seven tracks total. So by the end of it, we had seven songs with seven separate tracks, and uh, they all came out drastically different than the last um and it was really awesome because we all kind of you know no matter what band we were in or no matter what instrument we played we all are kind of a lot of us like collect music and music instruments and synthesizers and just weird things and it kind of was a nice excuse to use them because our thought isn't okay this is this band and when we play this show we're gonna need to use this instrument and everyone's gonna have to be able to play it. we only have this many guitars you know so it just was this awesome excuse for us to go crazy with whatever stuff we had <laughs> and um and yeah it was super fun and it was very nice to have that schedule of especially during the 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 virus that's kind of what made us really take it seriously this time compared to the last time we initially thought of it It just never worked out but now we just none of us are doing anything so we're like like you guys could make this happen in 3 days right like uh, that's, like no you guys aren't doing anything so we uh, we all worked on that for the first few weeks of the Shut down, and we've been mixing and mastering it ever since. And we just released our music video uh, today, which is the t- Today's the today twentieth 20th. twentieth. 20th, yeah. Yes, so the music video for one of the songs is released as of now, and the rest of the album will come out on Halloween. And uh, so,
0: what's the name of the song that's re- that was released today?
2: It's All the Time You Need. That's what it's called. It's called All the Time You Need, and it's got Jason singing vocals on it, but... Like that one, for example, Ben started that one with just a drum loop and a guitar, and then it went to, uh, Adam, Adam added some marimba sound, and then Alex added a sub bass over it after that, and then, uh, Carter added just a piano part, and I added a drum machine, and then Jason added vocals, but, uh... Yeah, so, and then we've got seven more of them, just <laughs> completely different. And, uh,
0: and what are you going to do with those ones? How are you going to release those? Uh, one so
2: those will all be released on whatever streaming service you use. Uh, we're releasing them all on Halloween. It's going to be the seven-song oh, EP or whatever you want to call it, album. It's kind of like right in that middle yeah, area right, right. you don't really know what to call <laughs> Seven's it. Seven's a little long yeah. for an EP. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, album whatever uh, you want to call it. Uh, it's going to be... All of them will be released on Halloween, but we have that one single release now, and you'll be able to listen to it on whatever streaming service you use. Um, it will be on Bandcamp. Um, and if if you look on Bandcamp, one one thing that I kind of want to, you know... I want, I want people to look at Bandcamp is you'll be able to see the credits, and you'll be able to see every single instrument that was oh, played, oh. and the process of every single song, and the lyrics and everything. So... That's kind of a, that's a benefit of Bandcamp is being able to have all that space to, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, we'll take a listen to that on the way out. We'll, uh, we'll leave that um, as the song on the way out. But uh, we're we're about out of time. Oh, yeah, really? Unbelievably, we're
1: about That's out of time. It went
2: quick. It went by so fast. I know. <laughs> you know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: don't.
2: I, don't, I don't. I don't remember what repeat. they. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: Norman, it was little great little having you as a guest, and thanks for kind yeah. of making this last minute. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, ahead. thanks That's for awesome. having me. Yeah, I'm excited
2: great. to. I don't know. I'm excited <laughs> to be here and yeah. talking about this stuff with you guys. Yeah, talking to you. Yeah, thank you.